Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm very thankful that you have taken the time out of your busy schedule to spend a few moments with me today. Our goal today is to discuss the reality of impatience as it is a storm that we face in this life. You know, we live in an impatient world, don't we? We want patience and we want it now. We think about uh, the fact that we have the internet today, we have Amazon Prime today, we have Walmart pickup today. You know, one click of the button and you've got it. We go and we turn on the lights, we've got it. We just, in, in our society today, especially my generation, we're just used to having things right now. Someone has called us uh, the microwave generation or the, the microwave society. The idea that, you know, you put something in, you hit one button, add 30 seconds, and then you've got it. That's the kind of world in which we live. But as people who are striving to be uh, more godlike, people who are striving to be more Christ-like, we have to make sure that we practice patience in a world of impatience. I want to begin this episode by simply defining what the word impatience means. It means to be irritable, to be restless, or to be eager. Now, there's nothing wrong with being eager. There's nothing wrong with uh, with being restless when it comes to certain things. For example, I'm very eager to preach Sunday morning. I'm eager to come and to worship God uh, in spirit and in truth. I'm eager to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I look forward to that. Uh, this afternoon, here in about an hour, really, uh, I'm going to, Lord willing, be able to coach baseball, the middle school team, and I'm, I'm eager. I'm looking forward to going and coaching. But you know, sometimes we allow impatience to creep into other areas of life, and it can cause a lot of problems. As a parent uh, with two small children, I understand what it means to become impatient. And I know many times I have failed, I have dropped the ball, I have become impatient, and I've snapped at him when I shouldn't have. Now, I, I understand that you may be going through a different kind of, of impatience. You know, maybe uh, you think about driving, for example. You've been driving, you've had a long day at work, people are cutting you off, people are slow in front of you. Just another example of, of how we can become impatient. Maybe you're waiting on your financial breakthrough and, and it's just not coming. But you know, as we study through God's Word, we realize that patience is important. In fact, patience is essential if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be. You know, when I think of patience, I think of my mom. And anybody who knows my mom, they they know that she is an extremely patient person. I've had so many people come up to me and say, how does your mama do it? How does she put up with the things that she puts up with? How does she have that kind of patience? I've heard that, you know, it takes a very special person to do the things that that she does, and I can attest to that. I most certainly can attest to that. My brother and I were seven years apart, uh, and putting up with us, I know, was no easy task. (laughs) Uh, Now that I'm a parent, I look at my children and think, wow, I really appreciate what my mom and dad did for me uh, and the patience that they showed. But I think about my mom and and how she would work so hard, and and she would come home and, and be just exhausted. But she would always make the time to play with me. She would always take the time to, to take me to my ball games, to, uh, to drive wherever she needed to go, to, to stay up with me, to help me with homework, even into the wee hours of the morning. And if I started dozing off, 
She'd tell me to get up, walk outside, and get some fresh air on my face and come back in ready to study. And she drove me so hard, and she pushed me so hard, but I tell you what, I am so thankful that she did. I'm so thankful that she was patient with me. And I know many times I became impatient with her, but she was always very, very patient and loving. That's one thing that I'll always love about her and always strive to apply to my life. One of the great lessons that she taught me. She always had a phrase uh, when I was asking her, how do you do it? She would say, patience is a virtue. And when I was younger, I didn't understand that. I didn't appreciate that. But now that I'm older, I understand what she means. Patience is a virtue. It's a learned behavior. You know, you're not just going to become patient overnight. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of discipline. And again, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we must practice patience. And so today, I hope that this study will help us weather the storm of impatience as we strive to practice patience. If you have your Bibles with you, and obviously if you're driving or got your hands tied, I understand that you can't open up uh, to your Bibles. But if you're in a place where you can, I invite you to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. I love the book of James. It has a special place in my heart. Uh, It's very, very practical uh, information. One of our instructors at the Memphis School of Preaching said that James could easily be called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And what he meant by that was it's just very, uh, very practical. And we can take what James is saying and we can apply it to our lives today. In James chapter 1, we're introduced to this idea of patience very quickly. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh or produces patience. He says, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so James connects patience with being complete. And if we want to be spiritually complete, then we're going to have to practice and apply patience to our lives. But James says patience is necessary if we're going to be able to weather the storm. It doesn't matter what kind of storm you face in life, patience is needed. And again, I hope that this will help you to weather the storm of impatience. We want to fast forward to James chapter 5, the the final chapter of the book. And the word patience is found multiple times in the context, specifically beginning in verse 7. Now, it is interesting to note that patience can also be uh, rendered uh, endurance. And, you know, they they carry the same idea, don't they? If you're going to have endurance, then there's patience involved in that and and vice versa. But I want you to notice, women, beginning in verse 7 of James chapter 5, how this idea of patience is brought out. James says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Notice that James talks about the importance of patience and gives the example of a farmer who is patiently waiting uh, for the fruit of the earth to come forth. But then pick up with me there in verse 10. James says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. There's our word. Again, this could be rendered endurance. But he gives us two examples in this context, two 
prophets of God, two men of God, who exhibited patience in their lives amid some very difficult circumstances. The two examples that he gives us are Job and Elijah. And we won't take the time to look at both examples, but I do want us to think about Job as the perfect example of what it means to be patient. Notice with me what we find in James 5 and verse 11. James says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure, those who are patient. You have heard of the perseverance, the patience, the endurance of Job, and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You know, as you study through the book of Job, and I was privileged to sit at the feet of my good brother and friend, Dan Cates, uh, who is an incredible teacher, uh, the son of a gospel preacher, and just a a wonderful encourager to me and all those uh, who he comes in contact with. But uh, Brother Cates did a phenomenal job teaching us the book of Job and really made it come alive to us. And after spending all of that time studying Job, to see how James kind of summarizes it into one verse is pretty powerful. You think about all that Job endured, and here's what James says. You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and you have seen the end intended by the Lord. You know what's striking about that? Job didn't have the luxury of having the book of Job to read, did he? He wasn't able to sit down and and see the end. He had to endure it. He had to live through it. We had the blessing and privilege of inspiration, of course. I mean, that which is written down, that which is recorded for us in the Word of God, all Scripture given by the inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. We had the privilege of reading what took place. Job didn't have that. Job didn't have chapter 42, where he finally realizes that God was not the source of his suffering. God wasn't behind that. It was, it was Satan. But he also didn't know that God was going to bless him twice as much. And so Job stands as a great example of what it means to be patient in a time where it would have been very easy to become impatient. As you go to the book of Job, in Job chapters 1 and 2, we read about Job and how his life got turned upside down. In chapter 1, in the first few verses, we read that Job was a great man. He was a man, a man of God. He was deemed the greatest man in the East. He was perfectly blessed. He had a a house full of children. He had wonderful livestock. He was very wealthy. This man was certainly blessed by God. He was a servant of God. But then Satan comes along and attacks his character. And so God allows Satan to inflict pain on Job. We read in chapter 2 how Job loses his livestock which means he loses his wealth, and then he loses his family. He literally lost his children. They died, but then he lost his wife because she came to him and said, why don't you curse God and die? I've often wondered how difficult that must have been because your wife is your helpmate. Your wife is to be your best friend. You have become one flesh. And when your wife turns to you and says something like that, I couldn't imagine the feeling. But that's what Job had to endure, didn't he? Not only did he lose all this, now he's having to take take this from his own wife. And then we continue on and we read that, that he had three of his friends come and, and sit down and talk with him. And I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a difficult time and, and when I'm trying to work things out, 
and people keep coming at me, even if they are friends, sometimes it's hard to be patient with them, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to, to just sit and listen. We have so much we want to say, we want to get off our chest, and, and so we become impatient. But here's Job, who was able to weather the storm by keeping his faith and focus in and on God. In Job chapter 3, we read of Job, and we kind of get a, a picture, a window into his soul, if you will, of his suffering, of his pain, of his confusion. And yet he maintained his integrity. You fast forward to Job chapter 17, and in there he prays for relief. He, he's still uh, so confused as to everything that's happened, but he wants to have some kind of relief. You look forward to Job chapter 19, and this is one of the most amazing passages, not only in the book of Job, but in the entire Bible. And sometimes we sing the words that we find in this passage. But consider everything that Job has been through, how easy it would have been to throw in the towel, to become impatient and to tell everybody, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm the one that's having to go through this. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you coming at me? Instead, he maintained his patience and listened to what Job said. Job 19, beginning in verse 23. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. Thanks be to God they are. Aren't we thankful for the book of Job and, and the great lessons that we can learn? But Notice verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives... And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. How my heart yearns within me. How I am longing to see him. And based on this statement, we see the patience and endurance of Job, don't we? Exactly what James had in mind. Blessed are you when you have all of these temptations, all these trials, all these things that you're going through because in the end, you're going to be better for it. It's going to build this amazing character and you're going to learn to be dependent on God. And that's exactly what we find with Job. And so sometimes we try to be impatient. We try to handle things our way. But what do we learn from him? We learn to be patient, don't we? We learn to trust in God and trust his timetable because, friends, God's timing is always perfect. We need to trust in Him, and we learn that from Job. We move on to Job chapter 27. Job 27, and again, I understand if you can't turn to these, but hopefully you can go back and listen and, and write these passages down. It's, it's been a great study on patience. But listen to Job, Job 27, beginning in verse 2. As God lives who has taken away my justice, and the Almighty who has made my soul bitter, as long as my breath is in me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. Far be it from me that I should say you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. That is a statement from a man who practiced patience. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust in God. I'm not going to allow the circumstances to cause me to do something I know is wrong. I'm not going to allow the circumstances to cause me to act in a foolish way, in an ungodly way. Friends, it's not easy 
And I'm not suggesting that it is. Again, I know what it's like to become impatient. I've got two small children. I've got two more on the way. But we need to practice patience if we're going to be pleasing to God. As we bring our study to a close, I'd like for us to look to the supreme example of patience. And of course, I'm speaking of Jesus Christ. You know, Job was inflicted with a lot of pain. Job had to endure a lot of hostility. He had to endure a lot of people mocking him. And, and, and maybe he, he had this kind of confusion that, that no one else has felt before. But then you look at Jesus, the suffering servant who was led as a lamb into the slaughter. He was reviled. He reviled not again. He opened not his mouth when they called at him and, and mocked him. Could you imagine being in Jesus' shoes? And someone telling you, if you really are the Son of God, won't you come down from that cross? If you really are the Son of God, then prophesy. What are we saying over here? How easy it would have been to become impatient. You think about one angel and the power one angel can do. We read in the Old Testament how one angel took out 185,000 people in one night. wonder what those legions of angels could have done. And the power that was at Jesus' fingertips. And yet, he practiced patience. Six long hours he hung on that cross. Friends, we become so impatient with the things of this world. And I hope and pray that, that this will help us to slow down. Help us to practice patience. And no matter what we're going through, it's nothing like Jesus faced. And hopefully we can look to his example and be better for it. And so in a world that is rushing on, may we all be still and know that God is in control. Trust His timetable as we weather the storm of impatience. I'd like to close with the words from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, Neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Brethren and friends, May we all practice patience as we weather the storm of impatience. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.